0: All right. hope for many people hope is a dangerous word it's a dangerous word so this is about the danger and the glory of hope you know when we reach for hope sometimes we get burned our fingers get burned as we reach for it. And, you know, when we, when we, when that happens, it puts us in a dilemma. It puts us in a dilemma of whether to continue to hope or whether to shut down, whether to withdraw, because when those hopes get disappointed, there's exhaustion, there's disappointment, there's pain, there can even be despair. So I want to invite you to come on a pilgrimage with us to look at what's happened with hope in our lives, I'm going to invite you to take a look at maybe something that's been sealed away, something that's been denied, something that's been suppressed, repressed, forced into the unconscious around the theme of hope. One of the most um, conflicted things that clients sometimes bring to me is the dilemma about whether ever to hope again. This has even made it into um, to, uh, the comics of uh, Charlie Brown uh, with Lucy holding the football, right? Runs up to the football. Lucy yanks the football away. Charlie Brown makes the kick, winds up landing on his back one more time, one more time. And so we can feel like when we hope we're going to be set up. We're going to be disappointed. We are going to be let down. And sometimes the costs of that seem like they're just too much. So I'm going to invite you in this, in this, to come with me. And I'm going to invite you too, Dr. Jerry, to come with me on a little guided imagery, a little pilgrimage, if you will, into ourselves, an inner pilgrimage to connect with. A lost hope or a broken dream something that's never been resolved and has been festering within us maybe for years i had a situation when i was a young man of this i joined a religious group i thought i had a vocation uh it cost me dearly i lost my romantic relationship with my girlfriend i lost my connection with my parents i lost most of my friends um, I sacrificed an incredible amount in hope that this would work out. And it didn't. Um, and so I've got experiences and we all do of hopes being disappointed. And this is true. If you're just a little child, this is true. If you're 80 years old, we all have that. And we've all had the experience of, um, of that kind of edged, it almost feels sometimes cruel. I mean, if you you remember the feelings of that, it almost feels cruel. So I'm just gonna invite you now, if you're willing, and if you're driving or something like this, this may not be the time to do it, because we're gonna tap into something potentially here for you that has a lot of feelings with it. It may be something that you haven't thought about in years. So remember, let's be in a good time and a good place for this. If you're, like I said, if you're driving or if you're listening to this, you know, while you're you know, while you've still got other things going on, let's create a good space for this before you come back. But I'm gonna invite you, if you're in a good spot, to just
1: take a deep breath. Let it out. And in grace, just allow yourself
0: to look inward and let whatever comes to you from your past around the feeling of hope, especially disappointed hopes or broken hopes, let that come to you. For some of you, that may be immediate and it may be raw and it may be right there. You know exactly what it is. For others, it may not be so
1: obvious right away. I'm just going to take a minute, though, and let it come to you. Notice where that is in your body. The sensations around that broken hope. The disappointment. Notice the feelings that come with that. The images, the memories, the words, the sounds, however you experience it, the parts of you that hold all of that, let them know that you're interested and reconnecting in a way that doesn't overwhelm in a way that doesn't demand too much right now Connect to reconnect these things that may have been sealed off from yourself, from God, from others. When that happens, they stay as fresh as they were when they were
0: sealed off. So there may be some intense emotion here. There may be
1: some, some, some feelings. knowing that that's not going to overwhelm and if it does feel like it's too much you can shut this off take a break that's all okay and as we come to the end of this little mini guided imagery exercise
0: I'm gonna ask you to hold on to that image. Maybe make a couple of notes or draw a picture to kind of remind you of what it was
1: that came up. Might have been surprising for some of you. And as we come back, we're gonna introduce ourselves
0: I am Dr. Peter Malinowski. I'm a clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm here
2: with Dr. Jerry Crete. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: And this is Be Be With with The the Word. word. (laughs) That's right. We are in episode number 16, third Sunday of Lent, March 15th, 2020, and we are excited to have you all with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today, Dr. Jerry? I'm doing great.
2: I am yeah. feeling really positive today, and I really enjoyed listening to your um, your reflection there. And I th- really enjoyed that sort of guided meditation as well, or guided reflection.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am really looking forward to diving into the to the readings because for me, what really struck me all these readings were about hope. They were all about hope today. Yeah. And, you know, starting with uh, Exodus. Now, I'm going to put this a little bit in, in context, right? They're in the desert. The Israelites are in the desert. It's part of the Exodus. They left Egypt. In chapter 14, they, um, they uh, crossed the Sea of Reeds, you know, the, the great, you know, parting of the waters where the water stood up on the left and the right. And the Israelites, or the, uh, the, uh, the Israelites escaped from the Egyptians who were pursuing them with all these the chariots, 600 war chariots and the whole Egyptian army was wiped out because God made a way for, the, for them through the water, right? Before that, there'd been the 10 plagues, you know, that had led the, the Egyptians to free the Israelites. Chapter 15, we have the bitter water at, um, at, uh, at Masa. Uh, no, it, I can't remember the name of it right now, but there was bitter water again. And, and the Lord told Moses to throw the tree in and it made it sweet. And then in chapter 16, right before this, manna came down from heaven to feed the, feed the Israelites. So we've got, we know 600,000 men are leaving Egypt. Estimates are probably around 2.1 million Israelites are on the move in the desert. And they've gone without water. They've also got their flocks and herds. So I want you to imagine like the, I want you to imagine the the, the lowing of the cattle and the buying of the sheep, right? You know, and there is no water. So there's grumbling going on. Why did you make us leave Egypt? They say, was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock? They're going right at Moses, right? And Moses's response in this was to, was to, uh, was to cry out to the Lord and say, they're about to stone me they're about to kill me. They're that angry, right? They had lost hope, right? They had lost hope in that moment. They gave themselves over to a temptation to not hope anymore, you know? And so they had put their hope in that moment, or they were putting their hope sort of in Moses, right? They were demanding it of him, right? Right. Not of the Lord. But so. really,
2: it's funny, because I often just think of the Israelites as these grumbling, you know, they had this great thing, <laughs> you know, that all these amazing miracles, and they, and they just grumble, and they just, you know, and then I know there's the whole golden calf. like there's all this stuff, and yet, when I just read this passage, like you looked at a little bit behind, you know, you looked right. at the previous passages, and I hadn't uh, recently, and so I'm kind of going, you know what, if I was dying of thirst, mm-hmm. I Probably grumble, too. Like, right. I don't know if I would stone Moses. <laughs> seems like a little bit unfair. It's not like he tried to, you know, it's like he was the, uh, you know, a planner, you know, the vacation <laughs> guide that was supposed to get you wherever to the, you know, five-star hotel. Right. But, but still, I mean, the, they, they were st- starving.
0: Like, not starving, maybe, but dying of thirst. They were dying of thirst. They had in the manna, right? So God was continuing to provide for them every morning manna. Right. Um, he was providing manna every morning. Um, so they weren't hungry, but they were, they, there was no water. And so this was, you know, this, this was, this was serious. I, I, I couldn't, I have parts that really resonate with, with where, where the Israelites were with this as well. Right. Um, But it goes to show how often we forget, right? Like we have these experiences in the faith. Sometimes I know I do where, I mean, it's just beautiful. I have a deep sense of God's presence, but then at other moments, I totally lose that. Right. You know, I totally am disconnected from all the, because I'm very caught up in the one thing right now that I feel like I need, you know, um, and I don't have. Right. Right.
2: Right. So, and yeah. then but, but I mean Moses brings his petition to
0: God. Right. And God actually responds. <laughs> God is yeah, God responds immediately, right? You know? Um he comes he comes immediately back and you know, and uh he uh saves the Israelites and he does it in, a, in an incredibly dramatic fashion, right? He says, um you know, go over there immediately. The, the response is immediately. Go over there in front of the people, along with some of the elders of Israel, holding in your hand as you go the staff with which you struck the river. He tells them to hit the rock and water will flow from the rock. Now, there have been some archaeological studies of this uh, or some, some commentary on this. This was probably a huge torrent of water. I mean, sometimes we might imagine it as, you know, you know, water starts flowing out of the rock like, a, like, like out of a faucet, you know. Uh-huh. There's no way that that would have slated the thirst of 2.1 million people and all the livestock. This was a huge event. The water was gushing out of this rock, okay. like a huge torrent, right? It was very dramatic. And, you know, why? What happened then? We don't know whether there had been a prayer made to God before that. We don't know if the people had actually prayed to God. There's no, right. there's no record of that actually in Exodus. You know, so Moses prays to God and he, he, you know, God may have been waiting for the people to
2: ask. Right. Yeah. I, I guess it's interesting to me psychologically, right? Because they turn to Moses, right, in their need, kind of threateningly. Right. And, but I guess Moses is a type of Jesus here because he is that intermediary. Right. Right. He's interceding he, for them. Yep. Yeah. And, exactly. and he goes to God. Now, why didn't God just give it to them?
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that
2: would be my question. You know, I was like, well, that that's
0: amazing. Thank you. But wow. Why did we go through all that? Why did we go through all that? Yeah. And I, and I, and I think a lot of times people don't understand. I think a lot of times we don't understand, but we assume we know, right? Look at where the Israelites went. They went to, they went to, um, you know, that threat. Was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock?
2: Right. You know, like
0: very quick to have a terrible God image, right? Like a cruel God image that, what is it? Are you some sort of sadist that wants to see us die in the desert? You know, in spite of all the care and love that had brought them through all these trials in the past. And they had been in a hopeless situations just a few weeks before, right? You know, the tactical situation at the Sea of Reeds was terrible. The, the, the Egyptian army was right behind them. There was no way out until there was, right? In Very right. dramatic fashion, you know? So, um, What was missing in this? It was hope, right? And there are, we rely too much on our own perspectives, right? We rely too much on our own assessments of the situation, uh, just like the Israelites do. Um, And, you know, that that brings us to the second reading where it says, you know, this is from St. Paul to the Romans. He says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm-hmm. God gave us himself, the Holy Spirit poured out into our hearts, you know, but so many things can blind us to that. Psychological things, moral things, spiritual things can blind us to that. So that whole idea of hope does not disappoint, that really struck me in the second reading.
2: Well, I, I thought the response, um, hearted not your heart, hearts, you know, today, if you hear his voice, Lily spoke to me because it was occurring to me that there's a hardening of hearts that happens when we're really disappointed mm-hmm. and it's really easy to um to retreat even though you may have had powerful spiritual experiences and come close to jesus or you went on some great retreat or something and then and then something hits you and it, it's a huge i think it's like a human nature thing sometimes to just turn even on God against God to turn against God God. yeah like when you were doing your meditation at first I was having a hard time because I was thinking I I couldn't quite fix on one thing like I had a bunch of things and none of them were extreme Mm -hmm. but the one that really jumped out at me was somebody I care about who was doing something that was hurting them and I prayed and prayed and wanted things to be different and it didn't look like anything was going to change. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of that person's story, but things did improve, but maybe not the way I wanted. You wanted, right. Yeah, exactly. And in the meantime, there was parts of me that were heartbroken, and there were parts of me that were disillusioned, and there were parts of me that were angry that, why was this happening? Why couldn't God you jump in and help this person?
0: Right, right. He's not acting the way I want him to act. You know, he's got, he's, he's kind of a wild God, you know, um, and does his own, does it his own way. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not so it's our It's a thoughts. mystery.
2: It's a mystery, this whole question. And it kind of speaks to suffering, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and yet we just don't understand it. And, and then this, to me, he's saying, heart, this is saying today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Your
0: hearts. Yeah, that grabbed onto me too. Anytime hearts is in the gospel or is in the scripture, man, I focus in on that. <laughs> and we know that they did harden their hearts because God said so, right? I mean, so, you know, he wasn't treating them unfairly. You know, he wasn't being unjust to them. But, you know, he's also asking for a lot of faith from us in certain situations. Like, you know, like, believe that I will not leave you to die in the desert right and and sometimes you know in our individual deserts you know it can feel like we've been left to, to left to die left to just twist in the wind and die of thirst mm-hmm. so um, so we're gonna we're gonna actually have another exercise a little later uh, where as part of our action items and takeaway we're gonna deal with some of the psychological aspects of this because we're actually dealing with um, repression, suppression, denial, all kinds of psychological defenses that keep this stuff out of our awareness. Why? Because if we're really injured, like by a vocational thing, like I was, okay, then it can be like we sort of wall that off. We don't actually bring that to God. We just um, sort of pretend that it never happened. We just sort of move on, you know, from, uh, from, uh, from addressing that pain and that wound in part because we might want to stay away from the anger, right? We don't want to grumble, right? We don't want to, you know, face, you know, some kind of reprimand from God like the Israelites did for having hardened our hearts, but something's going on there and we're not dealing with it. Right. So that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm what I'm going to be talking about is bringing this to God. And how do we do that when it's hard? How do we do that when our natural level inclinations are to say that's too dangerous, that's too much, that's not going to go over well. I don't trust myself to handle this well with God, etc.
2: Now, do you connect that with the gospel? I'm just really curious.
0: Oh, man, the gospel. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry, for leaving me on here. This is one of the most beautiful passages. I think in the entire gospel, I really identify with what's going on in here. So if you take a look, this is the gospel of the, of the woman at the well. So we've got a Samaritan woman who meets Jesus at the well near the son, near the town of Sychar in Samaria. Now, a couple of things here in this, in this story, this is all from uh, the uh, gospel according to John in chapter four. If you want to hear the whole story. You can listen to our, um, our, our, uh, Uh, hear the word uh, podcast where we read these, the entire, um, the entire uh,
2: reading. That's all it is.
0: It's just the readings. We just read the readings. Yeah, we do that, but we we separate that because it's kind of long sometimes. So, so, you know, Jesus is tired. First of all, he's at the well, his apostles have gone into the town to buy food. The woman comes out and it's about noon, right? And the reason that's significant is because she's coming out in the heat of the day to Jacob's well right? Why would a woman do that? Well, we know she's had five husbands. We know she's currently living with a man who is not her husband. It's probably because she's avoiding any other people. Why might she do that? Well, the wagging tongues in the village, the shame, mm. the, 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 the blame, the, the failed hopes and dreams, right? Five husbands. And she's in a very um, probably in a very uh, delicate position, a very tenuous position, you know, as being a, a divorced woman living in Samaria in the first century. Not a lot of rights, not a lot of protections. Right? Maybe desperately just trying to to hang on, and um, and she she comes to the well in the middle of the day and encounters this uh, this 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 Jew Jesus, this Jew. Uh, and it says in the gospel that you know Jews and Samaritans don't get along in these sort of things. It was extraordinarily shocking that Jesus would even talk to her, right. and he does—he goes way beyond just holding polite
2: discourse with her. Well, not just they didn't get along; they were considered, you know,
0: outcasts. Like they outcasts, were considered ritually unclean. You,
2: yeah, you'd have to You're basically heretics to
1: the right. Jews.
0: Right, right, and there's also some questions about like ritual purity and stuff. You know, that that's just like not done absolutely shocking to the disciples and what does he do he, he 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 brings her into conversation he um he loves her right he rekindles the hope that she has and you know they have this discussion about the living water she wants that she um You know, she's listening to him. He's caring for her. And and he knows all of her history, which shocks her. Um, And then he tells her that he is the Messiah and the clearest language in the gospel at all. Like the clearest language. He's manifesting himself to an outcast woman of an outcast society. Like the lowest of the low in terms of, you know, sort of socioeconomic uh, how, of, how the Jews people, would have read it. How the Jews would have read it. Right. Yeah. Right, But she was even an outcast, even within her own Samaritan right. community. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, so that's, how, comp- that's, all, that's all, how compounded all of this is. Right. Think about her broken hopes, her broken dreams, like how it didn't work out for her. I and mean, then the traumas and the layers of all of this in her life. Right. right. And, and Jesus chose her to reveal who he was. And then what happens is she goes back into the town. She goes back into the town and starts proclaiming him to the, to, to, to the townspeople. And you know what's shocking is that they listen. They listen to her. Like she, she is like drawing them into relationship with Christ. They invite him to stay. He stays for two days, again, which is unheard of. And they say, you know, we originally believed in you because of the words of this woman right? So she's not very credible in their eyes. She's an authority, right? In their eyes. And then through that bridge, they themselves come to Christ and come to believe in the Messiah. It's an amazing story about how hopes, which were way beyond the things that she had probably hoped and dreamed about, like they didn't come to actually being, you know, in this relationship with the Messiah. And I probably right. had to do with white picket fence around the cottage, you know, kids and, you know, kind of the kinds of things that a Samaritan housewife might be hoping and looking forward to. But so much more than that when she encountered the living God. Right. right, right. So um, I was really
2: moved by that because I, I mean, I think about um, how self-righteous some people can be that they know they're right when it comes to even, you know, my church is better than your church or something like that. And, and, and here, I just find it's interesting that Jesus hangs out with them for, like you said, several days, like he, he, he did it. And he brought them eternal life. Like by the living water is, is he's talking about eternal life, right? right. He's feeding their soul. Right. Right, and so it's so yeah. c- beautiful, connected to the to the Exodus.
0: Right. right, yeah, the whole theme of water runs right through Exodus, right into the Gospel. Right, providing the water, that living right. water, in the Exodus, and here with this with the Samaritan woman, and it transcends
2: th- that one thing. Like like the Jews were so focused on, you know, we, we're Jerusalem and the temple, and the Samaritans right. are out. Right. right, and Jesus came to say, "No, you are all my right. children." Essentially, I am a savior. the world right right no he he takes it you know he doesn't see a samaritan or a jew he sees a
0: child of god right that he has he's come to heal that he's come to heal right that's the great hope so you know who knows exactly what her history was god knows she knew some of it right and that healing just happened like in that moment and that's what happens when they come into contact with god There is. Immense healing that comes when we actually come into contact with God, and she was able to bring—I mean, Christ invited it, right? Invited that opening about the five husbands and all the disappointments that kind of went into that, right. and that's what we're going to be actually doing when we go into this next exercise, Jerry. Right,
2: which I'm know? happy you're doing
0: because I don't want to run out of time and right get to it. I'm excited. Right. For your exercise. Right. So I'm going to, we're going to go back to that first exercise we did earlier. Again, make sure that you're in a good place for this, right? You know, if you're, um, if you're driving through, you know, hail or rain right now and you need (laughs) to focus, let's make sure you do that. But, but I'm going to invite you to go back to that, to that hope that, that, that broken dream or those disappointed hopes. And I'm going to want you to imagine that and visualize it in some way. What does it look like to you if you were to see its form, its color,
1: its shape? I'm gonna symbolize that in some way. Notice some of the details of that, or how it sounds, or how it smells. And in a moment,
0: we're going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to do something that maybe you've never done before. But that in confidence in God, let that suppression go. Let that repression go. Let the ways that we've tried to keep that out of awareness go. If we can have some space within within ourselves to be able to acknowledge that this exists, to recognize the pain that it's caused, the disappointment, or whatever it was that it caused. And then invite Our Lady
1: or Our Lord And if that seems too much, maybe St. Joseph or our guardian angel just to see what that's like for us to tell God or Our Lady or St. Joseph or our guardian angel what it was like.
0: And not so much so that they know, because they already know, but so that we know, so that we know what we're giving up, what we're offering back to
1: God or to Our Lady or to St. Joseph or to our guardian angel. and. The takeaway
0: for this for this show for this episode is to bring that into your prayer to make that effort to address this with God to have the courage to have the trust and if it feels like it's too much you can ask for greater for greater hope right to will greater hope. Hope is an infused virtue. So we've got to ask for it. It's not something that we just, you know, generate by our own efforts. Ask for that hope so that we can engage because he wants to heal whatever that is too. Our Lord wants to heal that just like he wanted to heal the wounds that the Samaritan woman had.
2: It's beautiful. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And if, and if you have questions, bring them up in the comment boards, you know, we're going to, you know, we definitely want to hear from you.
2: Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed doing that activity. Thank you, Doctor Peter. I, I actually was one that hasn't totally resolved, mm-hmm. but just bringing it, like you know, like you said, didn't fix it, mm-hmm. but it did help me feel more like I was able to share and felt loved and comforted in that. Right. Right. And that it, and that I, and it wasn't mine to carry alone. Right. Also. right so that's what I, I everybody's going to receive maybe something different
0: right and i and i and i and i don't mean to sort of convey that you know this little exercise is going to resolve all of your wounds and hurts or the one <laughs> you, were, you were focusing on but but right. it's an in, it's an invitation because sometimes we don't even think about it right that's the that's the power of you know the unconscious right is that it can it can lead us to believe it doesn't exist anymore when it just is out of awareness and then
2: it leads to actually not just a loss of hope like our problem with hope, but actually despair.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think one of the most, one of the most um, problematic things we can do is to bury this stuff and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, You know, and that's such a human thing to do. We all do that. And in the short run, sometimes we have to, sometimes we have to, to survive in a really difficult situations. But, yeah. but if we're in a place where we can begin to unpack that stuff, Our Lord, the Divine Physician, wants us to be able to do that. Our Lady, you know, our Mother in Heaven, wants to be able to to shower her maternal care on us. You know, so so yeah. So I'm just going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to take that onto your pilgrimage to resolve that that to 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 begin the first steps to like working through that stuff. You know, and the ways will be made made open to you. He who seeks shall find.
2: So yeah. All right. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And thank you for listening and joining with us this week and uh, be with the word.
0: Yeah. Keep, 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 you know, keep track of us to hop on our website. We've got blogs coming out every Thursday. There's a whole bunch of new and exciting things that have, that are going on. We're in the, we're in this website makeover that we're doing right now. So that's really great. Um, but definitely let us hear from you as well. We really want to know what you, what's helpful to you and what's not, um, what's not helpful. So really love So, and if you enjoy
2: you. our show share it with others let other people yeah. know uh, yeah. share subscribe like all that stuff on Twitter on YouTube and uh, Facebook wherever you are and wherever you're meeting us uh, and keep letting us know what you think let us know if you're enjoying our new format
0: yeah we're, we're totally revamping the format this is the second show in a new format so we're really interested to hear what you guys have to think you know what you guys have to say what you think about it so alright alright Well, until next time, be still. Believe. Be loved. loved. God bless you all.